With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Alice Man and Faces podcast and we're joined by Adam. Hello, hello. He's back. Mark's going to die, what do you mean? I'm going to say I love what you've done with the place Sorry I've not been back in a while <laughs> It's kind of nice Nice, it's lovely What was it like last time you were here? Uh, just have the flag Don't Yeah, just a massive big flag The Mitrovich flag Mitrovich flag, yeah Did we have, have lights? Uh, not as nice as this no. I think we had one of those lights <laughs> Where is the Mitrovich flag? In that bag Alright, oh, okay. in case he ever comes back Just in case, <laughs> I, just in case I couldn't really sell it to, to Fulham fans because it's got the Newcastle crest on it and St. James' part in the background. I see, you didn't think that through, did you? Yeah. Uh, I could cut them out. They could put it in the neutral end if they wanted to. That's a shout. There you go. That's a shout. That's all I know about Craven Cottage like is it has yeah. a neutral end because... And it's got a clock. It has a neutral end, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, it has a neutral yeah, end at Craven Cottage. Tickets. There's a bit between the away fans and the home fans. It's just the neutral end, which because I think they assume everybody going to London on holiday is going to want to take in the tourist experience, the tourist tour de force, which is watching Fulham lay <laughs> it to a 1 1 draw at Craven Cottage. Just get off your board. Aye. Oh. Straight in. Fair enough. There we go. Well, you'll be down there next week now, Matt. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Flags, I miss you, I miss you. <laughs> How am I going to carry that by myself? Well, I'll come in. <laughs> there is a St James's Park in London as well. You could genuinely give that to some idiot who thinks it's a Fulham flag. <coughs> you could, but the St James's Park Sorry. on the flag is <clears throat> like the actual St James's Park. It doesn't say a St James's Park. Gonna, look, if someone's sitting in the neutral end, they're there for the day. They're not going to know that. <laughs> this is an artist illustration of the great ground you're going to. <laughs> Take this flag Fulham. and find your way. <laughs> Next Fulham game. Just be like, do you know the England game? How they had the thing? Stand against racism things and just be the yeah. Mitrovic flag. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we yeah, oh, yeah we, dude, we, we had a talk about the Chelsea game. So it, it was a, a one 0 defeat at, at Stamford Bridge. <clears throat> but going into the game, I think we're all pretty confident we're going to get battered, weren't we? Uh, yeah, I think I said three 0 or something like that. Two uh, 0 I think someone said. Me and Mark both said two 0 I thought being nice, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what are your thoughts going into that game? I've been I've been quite a big uh, I've been been doing a lot of gassing up for Chelsea this year because I genuinely thought like they'd probably get a good sight together initially and said that all through pre-season of course at the start of the season they were absolutely dreadful I was like no no they'll come good they'll come, they'll come good they'll come good um, so now that they've had a bit of an upturn in fortune I was like yes yes see I was right I was right along Chelsea you're brilliant now so I had to then follow that through mm. by predicting we'd get beat 3 or 4-0 so I was delighted to be wrong but I did have Tammy Abraham as a fantasy league captain, so and he missed takes what he gets. He did. Well, well, he did. That Yedlin one, mind. Oh, I see Yedlin getting a lot of stick because oh, no, all he's got is pace. With all you've got is pace, and that's how you use it. I don't see that being a problem. Especially if that's the sort of things that he's doing. Exactly, you're going to cover th- th- fully 30 yards mm. to block an open goal. Yeah, fine. No, no, that's a shout. But obviously, going into the game, it was the same team that started against mm. Man United. Exactly the same on it. It was one, yeah. Aye. Yeah, had to be, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> obviously we, we went two minds if Clark would remain there or if mm-hmm. Dummett would come back in. But it was Clark. Yeah, he got the nod. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once again, that that back three five whatever all these days, 
I just I quite like how it's like he's come in, Bruce, bless him. And I do think whatever I say for the rest of this podcast, I want to clarify, I think Steve Bruce is probably a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. He's you know, he's a published author, for God's sake. The man's got a bit of class. About <laughs> those him. books, oh, we should buy those. We should genuinely should get them for the thing. Oh, books get, he's, he's got, got like? three books. He's written three murder mysteries. Have you heard of this? One's no, called, what's no, a striker? Striker, sweeper. Striker, sweeper, and oh, oh something one? else. Answers in the comments. He's written three murder mysteries about But who's striker? No, no, the books are just called Strike, Sweeper, oh, right, and something else, but they're all right. football themed murder right, mysteries. Okay, got you, right. Right. You, think <laughs> having, you think we're having you on here, don't you? Murder mystery about Strike, I want to read that book. Genuinely? <laughs> I definitely do. Louis and Mourinho's getting shot at Wembley is one of them, is it? That was, well, that's how you knew, that was how you knew we were going to beat Man United. Like, the man's an author. You don't need, like, substance when you've got narrative. And Steve Bruce beating Man United is pure narrative. He's an author. Yeah, I never he's not, but anyway. Did you I'll, not know that? No, he's no, published author. Put yourself on your face, can you? No, <laughs> You should definitely get them for the so table. if anyone wants to buy them for the table... Aye, that'd be good. Well, just at least send with a link we might buy them. He'd be able to penny... <laughs> I'll bet them more than a oh, penny. Oh, he's Newcastle United manager now, man. Uh, They're going through I the roof. the postage is more expensive than the book. We use carry on talking about right. that game and I'll find what out. What was that talking about? Uh, Steve Bruce, he's nice. Steve Bruce is lovely, I quite like the fact that he's clearly just reverted back to Rafa's. He spent the entire sort of like pre season trying to develop a bit of a system. Then he was going to bring Shelby in, he was going to do it three in the middle instead of two, and he was going to have like Almiron sort of running left and right all over the place. He obviously thought he had a really sort of great idea of how to take this team and just sort of like make it his own. And it's been a comprehensive disaster for the first half of the season. He's probably just gone to the boys and been like, yeah, so um, obviously you don't want to do what Rafa was doing, so if you could just tell me exactly what that was and I'll make sure that uh, I, don't make, I don't make those kind of decisions again. Um, it's just, we looked so much like Rafa's team in the Man United match and even though I sort of expect us to get pumped off Chelsea, like we set out like and we weren't like, we didn't offer much going forward, I didn't think, but I thought we were fairly solid. We limited them to Two or three excellent chances, not much more. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you here, right? So, I found Steve Bruce's striker book on Amazon, right? 50 quid. Oh, man, on Amazon, good. right? It's used. There's only one available. Oh, it'd be loads of It's £2.80 for shipping. Oh. Right. How much do you think it is for the book? If there's only one available, it'd be like 20 quid or something. It's £27. A grand. No! <laughs> no! I shit you not. <laughs> So if anyone wants to buy without <laughs> Forward by Alex Bruce. How much is an audiobook? <laughs> I can probably get the PDF. Steve Bruce being it. <laughs> oh hey, I'd get that. I'd pay a grand for Steve Bruce reading that book to me. Like he's got the most soothing voice. <laughs> this is amazing. I'd crash your car. Genuinely. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's done me in that already. You're gonna get it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> grand. <laughs> that's what that's what yearly YouTube money. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you can't afford it then. No, like we're talking about Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Right. yeah, I didn't. I didn't. We offered too much going the other way. Like, but again, even under like again with it looking like Rafa's side, we didn't offer loads going forward. And those games were always like it was a case of be tight, make the game compact, and when your chance comes, try and take it. And we got a lot of joy. Off the bigger sides doing that, obviously not always, used to get me quite often as well, but it just it felt like he's got that he's got the defensive side of it right that like he's got everybody sort of staying in their positions and being very solid and like closing the player down and he's got two people in centre midfield now really willing to work to close the spaces. Um so it feels like that half of it works, but whereas we used to sort of create the right chances for Rondon to score like yeah. a good ball which he would know how to attack and it felt like everybody at that end of the pitch knew how to 
almost play the percentages to like just make things happen that Rondon could make a better chance than it actually was. Whereas I don't think they've got a clue yet how to play with Joelton. Like I, I, I agree, think yeah. I can already see how this is going to go. He's going to get turfed out halfway through next season on loan, and he'd be classified as one of the biggest disasters in Newcastle history, despite never actually having too bad a game at any stage. He works his arse off. He's clearly got no service coming in from whatsoever. Like it's just <clears> I don't that's it, the problem. Mate. I don't think Joel Lennon is a bad player no. at all. I think it's the probably the formation and the structure around him, which is making him look. A lot worse than mm. what he actually is. I think it's just a bit of time. Like I think the reason Rafa wanted Rondon was because I think he identified and he thought, look, I know exactly how to make chances for a yeah. player like that. Look at the way Norwich went out and got Pookie. He was disastrous at Celtic. But they looked at him. The scouting department was like, well, we actually make the kind of chances he does score. That's the kind of chances we make a lot, a lot of. of. Yeah. So he's probably a good buy for us. And I think the reason Rafa wanted <clears> Rondon was because he thought, you know what, if I sit them compact, I reckon I can make a, I get a lot of good crosses into the box, a lot of things where a bit of power going forward would be good. Whereas, obviously, we heard, like, oh, they offered him Joel, and he said, I don't, I don't want him, he's not mm. going to be one of the targets, because he probably looked at that squad and thought, oh, you know what, not a bad player, young, exciting, full of promise, but I don't know how I'm going to make that team create chances for him. And I think by having a structure in place where they've gone out and spent that money on him and just given him to the manager, you know, they are Steve Bruce, tactical genius, revolutionary thinker, put those pieces together Green in the author. box. Established author. Established author, aye, that's it. <clears throat> Weirdly, I think it would be... The way, if you think sort of like styles of play, if he's reverting us back to that Rafa system and we're trying to play similar to how we did last year, if you want somebody like Rondon at the top of the pitch finishing those, I think there's a case that, to be made that like they're going to just have to hope Andy Carroll stays fit all season because we'll look, we'll look more dangerous when he's on. I'm a bit, I don't know, I thought the first half, well, certainly sorry, the first 15 minutes I thought we looked really I thought we're at them all the time. Mm. They couldn't live with Saint at all. So Saint, it, um, once again, we saw against Man U. Saint, he, he's so comfortable with that ball. Such a difference maker, isn't oh. he? And I think we said on the last podcast, I think Saint doesn't know what he's going to do with the ball, which makes it even harder for defenders because he, he just runs it. And he, I think he just same like what Ben Offer did. He just just does what he likes as he's running. He's, he, I don't think he's got a plan in his head. I would. I, I associate that more with Sammy Amiobi than I do anybody else because I never thought he was in full control yeah. of his own legs. So occasionally he'd just sort of wiggle them about and he'd fly past somebody. Yeah. But I don't think he had any idea whatsoever he was going to go that way. I think he's about halfway between the two for me at the minute. I think He finds a shirt, I think, seven times out of time. He, he found two lovely balls to Joe Linton, one of them. I thought Joe could have done a lot better and he'd done a cry for comeback. Ah, he tried to cut it on his thing. Why? Just just go forward with the ball, man. Um, the problem, what you were saying about Rafa's <clears throat> style of Rondon, crosses in the box, mm. that's what we're not doing. Period. We're not putting any balls into the box. So... And I'm not even saying Joe's that good in the year, to be honest with you, anyway. But I think um, we've got a real issue going forward. I mean, I think we're, <clears throat> we're causing them problems to, the, to a certain extent in the first half. Limited them to next to nothing, I, mm. I felt. I thought we were good value for the, for the nil and a half time. First yeah. off, it, let's, let's be honest, first <clears throat> off is probably one of the better games we've seen. We've I think it was, mm. huh? I know it's only been, what, nine, ten, nine? Yeah. Reminded me a bit of the first game of the season against Arsenal because I was a bit worried going into that because it was still everything was up in the air. We had no idea whether the players we bought were going to be any good. We knew we were going to miss Rondon, we knew we were going to yeah. miss Perez. But even though it was a very weak Arsenal side, by the money Arsenal had spent standards... I thought we had them all over and we probably should have gone in one up rather than mm. anything else, but obviously it faded away a bit. I think the longer that game went on, the more apparent it was becoming that Chelsea were going to find a way yeah. through eventually. They changed something at half-time and <clears throat> we couldn't live with it. So anyway. if you watch it in the first half, Lampard is going, he's, he's just constantly with his coaches mm. trying to figure out what to do because the calm break were down. Aye. We're, that, we're looking mm. that solid 
and they're struggling to break it down. And obviously he's waited till half time before for that that whatever he's done. Yeah, you know, it was, work whatever it was. Obviously it was tired legs and that. But uh, I want to sp- speak a little about on on Almiron. <laughs> so so once again it, it's a game where where he, he's running about. He looks busy. We need more, don't we? I thought he was dreadful. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought he was absolutely dreadful. He's running into players, <clears throat> passing the ball out of play. Um, look totally lack of confidence and ideas yes alright you might look a bit busy every now and again but oh, it's not enough it's just not enough is it um, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks with him I, I defended Remy Cabela to mm. the hill I wrote a massive big I wrote a 3,000 word editorial for 442 about why he's actually good and if you look at his contribution all over the pitch he was actually way better than a lot of people were saying it was and then thankfully he scored his first goal literally the week I wrote that article yeah. and I was like oh well I look like a genius now and he's obviously going to come good and it never quite worked for him but I think if you get down and look at it on like an individual level, all of it in isolation, his contribution probably is great. I bet I could probably put out the same pointless stats I did for Cabela like three <laughs> or four years ago. I like him as a player. I think he works hard. He's one of those where you could just, if he got a little bit of the bounce of the ball, went for him a little two or three times more, he'd have you know a few goals to his name or a couple of assists or something. But it's getting harder and harder to defend him every week. I. I hope this is going to be similar to sort of Perez last season and the season before, where that first half of the season, second half kicks on. Ah, uh, he was it wasn't falling for him, and everyone was getting on his back. And then one or two things just went from him with the confidence he got from that. He obviously went on a bit, showed how important he was to the side. I think overall we look less dangerous and less cohesive um, when we don't have him in the side like that. Longstaff goal, that is his ball that yeah. gets us. It's a brilliant ball that gets us out of hmm. out of defence and gets uh, Saint Maximan on the. On the, on the front foot with that. Obviously, when you watch a highlight package back, it's just that little bit cut out of it. But that yeah. ball is... Very few players in that position could make a, like a high-pressure pass like that. <clears throat> but that's not a goal. You know what I mean? That's not something he's going to get the the, the, the plaudits for. And I think young lads, and he's come here, coming up nearly a year ago now, like, and he's still yet to score a goal, which for... Get an assist. Or get an assist. Like, it's yeah. just... And I, I sat here last year and I said, I'm sure we had the conversation, but I said, what happens if it gets to... You know, <laughs> basically said how long didn't we how long and then I think Mark was saying it'll be fine sorry I don't care he's putting loads of effort in mm. blah, blah, blah. and I said it won't well, work, I, I think one of the things what we're saying was it, it doesn't matter if you're scoring goals or getting assists as long as we're playing well and getting points mm. we're not so, well, so, that was the thing, so nobody, we're not putting the points on the table I, I think as well I think the other problem is you're not having a shot on target you're not, you're not creating any chances and you're looking at your three up front you've got to do more the, the, the thing is the, the Chelsea first off when we got the ball on the break we looked dangerous oh, up until the final bit it got anywhere near the box and I, and I, and I, I know obviously everyone defends Joe Linton and that's fair enough but there was two or three times I've seen where he got the ball and he just looks totally got no pace at all when he gets the ball the, the, just seem, the whole player just seems to stop um, well maybe that maybe lack of confidence I don't know but I, I, I can't work out what he is, Jordan. I, I can't. Is he? He doesn't look like a striker that's got the pace of getting behind. He doesn't like holding the ball up. He can't mm-hmm. header. He played out wide quite a lot when he was in Germany. Yeah. Was, so well, when Carroll comes on, he normally shifts out, mm-hmm. doesn't he? I did that. I, I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I'm not saying that was set up well for him at all. I'm just finding it hard to see what is he. I can't really. You knew Rondon was a battering ram. Was mm-hmm. mid the Over having the same argument with Falmiron as well though. <sighs> Craig, no, I really don't know what he is. So, so we've literally got two. We're, we're, Forward players, Aye. and we don't know what if the strikers, if the wingers, I, if the number ten. I don't think the problem is that we don't know what it is because we can only really judge it based on the conversation over the game. Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. 
We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official healthcare partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com slash sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital. I, th- I still think Bruce hasn't got clear what to do with him. Yeah, no, like, neither of them were his... So, I mean, obviously, he wasn't here when Almiron got signed, but neither of them were his picks. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not like he came in and he went, right, well, if I'm taking this job, I want you to go out at the Bundesliga and I want you to get as this player because yeah. he's what I want to build the side around him. He saw the video when he was getting interviewed mm-hmm. and Bruce came in and was like, hello there, nice nice to meet you. Oh, shall I dye my hair funny colour as well? It was like, you're his manager, man. What, what are you doing? Like... It was like, honestly, it was watching that was a Joe Linton was like meeting his girlfriend's like dad for the first time. It was just like... Joe thought he was a fucking kid. Like, I he didn't have a teacher or something like that. He just seems like, who's, who's this? Oh, you're right, yeah. where's, where's Rafa Benitez? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's this yeah. dinner lady asking us how I'm doing for? <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't think at the top end of the pitch he's got any real idea how to get the most out of these players. But I, but I do think genuinely, if you look at like the raw ingredients of the kind of players where... There is a lot in there. I like, remember Almond's debut, man. He got clean through in the first couple of minutes and he chipped the it. keeper and it just bounced off the post. Now, mm. if mm. that goes the other side, and he was too fast for the ball, wasn't he? Aye. So it hit off the post and he was already past, already the past ball. it. Aye. A, part, sl- a slower player would have just tapped yeah. in the rebound. Part of us feels that, like, I don't know, part of us feels that we're, we're setting up in such a way now that we're not really asking Almond to do anything different than what mm. he hasn't done before. Mm. We just play out wide and do what you did under Rafa. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I know people say that. He, that Bruce can't get them to work together and, and that's fair enough but I still think it's pretty obvious what we're trying to do Joe you're up yeah. front you've got two wide men it's pretty simple what we're trying to do mm. um, the bottom line is I think Saints offering a lot I do but I also see sometimes when Saint gets it it's, it's him against the world ah, yeah. it feels I don't blame him to be fair he gets it and he's literally just taking 10 players on was it, it after the Man U game he, he, he was interviewed who was he interviewed by I can't remember who <laughs> but he started talking about basically saying I can't keep on running like yeah, basically, I can't I need keep on attacking. Like I, I need to have like a breather now and again, and we're expecting him to do get that ball in the own half and just run constantly. I know. And and I, and I said this to you last week or the week before was <clears throat> I say that to you. I watched Sheffield United last night. I watched Sheffield United last night, and they were passing it around amazingly well. Right, I couldn't name a player that was in the fucking pitch. Right, mm. but they were anyway. They were passing it around really, really well against Arsenal. Right, and when I watch us, if we ever get an opportunity, someone has to beat five players. Go mm. back to the same goal. So he has to carry the ball almost the full length of the field. Williams has got to do mint a mint bit of skill. Yeah. There's no actual fluid passing. There's no there's no breaking anybody down. No someone, triangles. someone has to get the ball and physically <laughs> run the full length of the field before we have a chance. No, you can't do that. Man. I think it's clear to see as well. Thankfully, we've scored few enough goals this season. You can still, in November, analyse them all individually <laughs> no, quite easily in your head. And we can remember them Every all. single one of them. It's either a break of the ball yeah. where like something's just broken and we've lashed it. Tottenham goal, for example, was... We'll be fortunate with that one. The one we got was it Watford at home, the Shaw one. And that the, the share one that broke. Matty Longstaff one. Uh, the Matty Longstaff one, as you say, had to be a brilliant ball out of defence. Yeah, beat three players. Jerry Williams had to put two defenders yeah. on his arse and roll at the side. Every not a single one of them, a single goal we scored this season. If you sat there and gone, I can see they've worked on doing exactly yeah. that in training. Yeah. Like the Liverpool goal, no way in hell to see <laughs> Bruce got what I want you to do is well, I want you to take Alexander Arnold on, push him back with his own goal, cut in on your weaker foot and just leather it in. Like whereas, every goal seems so like, it's almost fantastical after right. school. What can it just work one into the box, pass, 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 goal? It's all all or nothing. So I, like, I hate you know to bring up like continually bring up Rafa, but virtually every goal he scored in it was like, 
that's very methodical. That I can see exactly the weakness you've exploited. They were mm. like sometimes it was nice, sometimes it was a bit spectacular, but it was always like how do we grind out that yeah. one goal? Like remember when the first the first season we came back up, we were struggling so badly, and we got that we beat Man United one 0 at home, and it was from a really well worked set piece. And it was the second I was at that game. It was the second or third time we tried that exact ball, mm. like long that side of the box. Someone heads it across. Don't know, probably didn't work on like. Perez doing the deftest touch in the world on the penalty spot to yeah. fire it in, but it worked on that was routine. That, was that when uh, Richie scored? Ah, the Richie yeah, one. It was Dwight Gale who did that touch. It was a Gale. Oh, what a touch. Mm. It was an amazing layoff to Richie. Like, but I, I agree, again, we're getting free kicks in dangerous areas and corners and there's nothing yeah. coming of them at all. We're not good enough at set pieces uh, uh, offensively. Um, we're not creating chances for a striker. I still question him a little bit sometimes, but something has to change up front. Now, the problem you've got with that, though, is... We're so well set up at the back at the moment. Mm. You know, we do look quite hard to beat at the minute. My United couldn't score. Chelsea only got one. Fair enough, I agree. Yedlin had to clear one off the line. <laughs> but anyway, what do you change going forward, which is going to keep the back the same? Well, well that's what I was going to say now. It is a, a, a straight swap for maybe Almiron and then someone else coming in. You, you've got Atsu on the bench. You've even got Mutu on the bench. Or Gale. That could play in a similar formation what, what they are. Well, this is the, again, this is the inherent problem you get when the people making the transfer decisions are not the people who are putting mm. the team on the pitch. Like, Very the kind good. of players we've assembled... We're getting a we've got two now. flags now. The kind Three of play, the squad we've assembled right now, if you want to... He has to set them up that way because they're... Yeah. We, we've proved already this season they're not mm. good enough to play more open or they're not good enough to play a slightly different system. You play with the three at the back with the two wing-backs, the two lads running their arse off in the centre midfield and hope the front three do something by hook or by crook. Yeah. That's how that team's got to play. And you look at the options on the bench... Muto couldn't get a kick last season because he doesn't fit that. You can't really play him out wide. He's not got the pace or the guile. He's probably a really good sort of like number 10 up and play off a forward. Even the few times he played up front by himself, he's looked ah, yeah. every now and then, but he's not like, he's not batting around. Yeah. He's, he still hasn't got like what Joe Elton's got. And then what else is there? Like Atu's, Atu's a good straight swap for but one of the white players. They're all pretty similar players, aren't they? So, so the, the, the small players are quite tricky, you would say, but other than that, they're not... Obviously, you've got Carroll on the bench as well, but can he last? You can't rely on it. It's the problem that we didn't bring him in to be a starting yeah. player. It was like ah, I mean to be fair, like I mean Andy Carroll's brought in as a bit of a PR exercise. You know what I mean? Like we thought we've got. Don't get me wrong. Like it's not that he's got nothing to offer, and I think he's been. I think it's been a great decision to mm. get him in. But given like the negativity around the club, you know, getting a you know a player who was at one stage the best thing that had come for your academy in a yeah. generation everyone was gutted to lose and has never quite done it anywhere else but still a die-hard fan of the club mm. to bring him in on a free was a no-brainer absolutely no-brainer because even if he didn't right. even if he didn't kick a ball he changed the headlines he changed the narrative around the club for yeah. a week or something mm. and they've got the kind of money we can afford to do that I think realistically you, you need to probably start him in the next couple of games because the, the runner fixes we've got coming up are against teams who are you know proverbially in and around mm. us at the bottom and you know, us beating Man United 1-0 is great. Us losing 1-0 to Chelsea is, you know, it's not a terrible result, yeah. all things considered. But they're not the matches that are going <sighs> to determine whether or not we stop up or not. It's, no, it's, it's the likes of the Watford at home, the Brighton at home. Yeah. Games are more games where we're... We're already, we're already like, behind. Aye, we didn't look strong in those games. I, like, will, I will say, though, if you look at the fixtures we've had already, because we're still relatively early on in the season, we've played five or six of the big clubs already. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't there. I mean, we've got a pacing off Leicester. Yeah. But it wasn't the big size that gave us a hide. Norwich and as well, like. Norwich, Norwich was well. Norwich is where I felt like it bottomed out. I think yeah. if you look I at think where Norwich first game at home back in the Premier League, that am I giving them a bit of a free pass there? Like I mean, the, the team. City by the same score. So I think honestly, I think if you go back, 
if you go back and start the fixture of the season and put out, if you laid out where you'd want us to be, probably being a little bit pessimistic, points would have picked up. I think where we are now is not bad, you know. I think for the games we've played, mm. like let swap it around in your head. Let's say we didn't beat Man United. Let's say we beat Watford instead. Still of Still same points on the team. You know what I mean? Like something like that. I think the teams we've got you, the points you, off. Because Spurs are weird. Spurs you wouldn't have expected. Yeah. Let's say we'd be bright. I get what you're saying. I, I think where we are now, is, it's not disastrous. They've got plenty they can build upon, and if we get. Not gonna not gonna go wild to say we should win the next couple of games because we're not that good. But mm. if we're if we come out of it with more points than we've given away at the teams around us, I think realistically it's probably not been a bad start of the season, all things considered. Mm. Really, I mean where we should be is they should have kept Rafa on and spent a load yeah. of money. We should be doing loads better, but in the context of what we've got to work <clears> with here. And it was a horrendous summer. This this must be one of the worst summers we've had in, in regards to the history of the club, in regards to I can't the remember. Whole takeover bullshit, the manager leaving with top two goal scorers leaving with top goal scorer being a Bastard defender. Aye. I'd just like yeah, and replacing them. <laughs> replacing them as well with two lads who, despite being full of promise and may as well may welcome good, are unproven in this league, in this country, at this level. Like it's just And they've come in a shit time. Aye. Yeah. And it, not even with a ma- like even like the summer before wasn't a particularly great summer. Like we got Rondon on loan, you know what I mean? Like Let, let's be honest, Rondon took a while to, to, to get match fit as well. Was it, it, him and Perez struggled at the very start of the season. Watford at home, I think was his sorry, apologize away was his first goal, I think it might have been, but I remember the one he where terrible when he first came on. But he, I think he just wasn't fit, wasn't mm, he? Nah, what was the oh, the home game where Kennedy put that absolute <coughs> oh, Genola unreal. ball in yeah, for unreal. Uh, I can't remember the, the game. I know sorry, the no, the braided ball. in the back of the net. Oh, like it was like proper, like for like proper she Ahead, it was oh, unbelievable. Wasn't it? Was it Ferdinand? Because we put the two photo, uh, the two it, videos, the area one in, and it was Aye. almost identical. Unreal. That was amazing. That yeah, but was it Hedda? Was Hedda was Hedda 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 like, Hedda. He got two in that game. Um, yeah. But it was then, it was, you know, it was sort of, it was earlier on than this, but it was sort of, took a while to get going. You thought, all right, they kind of do the negativity that had been around that summer. Because mm. again, lo and behold, we thought we were going to get taken over, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. It just it takes a while for these things to go away. And I think if people sort of look at the fixtures and look at the games we've played, it's not been that bad. You two are probably sick of talking about this. You probably do it every single week, like talking about how this, how where we are now relates to the well, summer. To, to be honest with me, you, you might have listened or watched something in the past, and we'll try to be a little bit positive about things and try to look at it <laughs> half glass full. But that, then, that, that's where my half full glass is. Like. Right, so then it, it comes at times in, in games, and you're thinking it's looking bad. I, I, if we're struggling to get a shot on target in, in 90 minutes of football, that's worrying. I but it doesn't it doesn't bother me as as much. Someone at work today was going on and on about it, and I was like, listen, like it, it's Chelsea away. Like mm. it is what it is. Me 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 worry is though, and I, I do agree slightly that if we I feel if we don't change formation, and I, I don't really want to do, but if we don't, I just kind of see where we're getting enough goals because Almiron and, and him and him in front on his own are not going to come good. Mm. I, I can't see it. I, I can't see how it's going to change. And once again, on the last podcast we mentioned, we were talking about him again, but we kind of helped it, Rafa. Always seemed like he had a plan, and it always seemed like he could get out of a situation. And the, we know I had such a I think, bad start. I, I'm, I but you've always had. You I know, maybe agree growth. slightly. I agree slightly. There's some games I went to, and I thought, "Fucking hell, that was bad." I remember yeah. West Brom away was one of the worst games I have ever seen. Watford at home was terrible, but it wasn't necessarily that you thought there was a plan there. You just believed in him. Mm-hmm. You believed that he would eventually get it right. I never sat there and went, "We know exactly what we're doing here." Sometimes, honestly, we didn't know how to pass the fucking ball. Mm-hmm. We couldn't take a throw in. For two years. I've still got me. Well, right? I'm being so, able to change that. We couldn't take it through him. So you kind of start always saying that it was always perfect. And even though we we're getting beat, we had a plan. Bollocks. I seen him play and we couldn't pass a bar. Oh, shit. But you always knew eventually Rafa would get it right. 
my concern is that I don't have that much faith in Bruce. I hope, yeah. And, and that's fair enough, you know. I think I'm probably right in saying that. But a couple of things I want to mention, obviously, before I wrap this one up, is Alonso's tackle on Yedlin. Oh, it was a shock. Bad. Thought, like, is that yellow or red? It's not the worst thing he's ever done, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's still a bad, still a bad one. It's not. Yeah. Um, Talking about those murder mystery yeah. books. <laughs> I don't know. In real time, when I see it, I thought it was a red. But I'll be honest, I'd probably be disappointed if one of our players got sent off. Well, that's the thing. One of our players would get sent off. Yeah. yeah. You know what so, I mean? so I judge it as a whole. Yeah. It's it's a, a tackle out of Pierre frustration. It was, yeah. He knows for fine well he's not getting anywhere near yeah. that ball. Yeah. I'm thinking Plus, Yedlin, maybe... Plus, was at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe... He could have got red, and I don't think I'd have too many arguments. It's the only thing against a bit it. unlucky with this. Like Richie's been out because of that tackle in the so League Cup game, which was a yellow card, was it? it was I don't think I booked. I don't, I don't think it was a shocking tackle. We've been and you could, I mean, don't I'm not saying Matt Ritchie would have played all the last few games and mm. scored eight or nine goals and dragged up the Europa League places or anything. But he's a key of, senior player, though. I've been weaker without him, and you know we've got nothing <clears> from that. And that one could have put. I know again, a lot of people have different different opinions on Yedlin. I don't think you think we've settled on a first choice well, right think, wing back, right back. I think I have now. So, so at the end of last season, I was I was torn between the two. I, I was Mankey or Yedlin. With the end in the last couple of games, I think it's a no-brainer for me. Like, Craft not even going to mention. Uh, we did, but <laughs> not a very good one. <laughs> yeah, no, I've said for weeks, Yedlin's night and day compared to all of them. He is. He's the best we've got. I probably agree. Yeah, he's I the best we've agree. got by him. I will, the, will, the one thing I will say about Yedlin, I like him personally. Right, I'd pick him. Out of the options we've got at the minute, but it is noticeable. I think when he's when he's getting a run in the side, he's a guaranteed starter mm. every time we play. It's normally at home as well. You see teams set out and the ball's Attack always him. on that side and they always think that's where we can get at them. It was always the same one. That's why he occasionally played Mankiel because he knew if they've set out to get into that space, he's going to leave because he's yeah. gone up the other end of the pitch and gotten lost. Mankiel simply won't leave that space. Do you think, though, that's expected now as the likes of your wing-backs? That obviously, it's evolved to them. It's, they're not just defenders mm-hmm. now. They're there to, to attack. And do you think we're being a little bit harsh on Yedlin now? I'm... Probably be the worst for us in position. He looks shocking at times. Is that because we're expecting so much going forward? I don't know. Well? Like you watch, like Dummett, when Dummett plays on that side, I never see him like 10, 15 yards out of position. So you could argue he's not adventurous enough when he's down that side. But that would be my argument against Dummett. As soon as he sees a halfway line, he literally shits his pants. Great. Yeah. <laughs> like he literally shits himself. I think Yedlin plays better with three at the back. Than a four. I oh God! I, when, when, I wake up in the night worrying when, about Yedlin <laughs> playing in the back four. When Yedlin's in the back four, which he has been in the past, you see real issues positionally, yeah. real problems. But with three at the back, it gives him the opportunity if he's out of position, the right hand side of the three can come out mm. and help him. So that helps him quite a bit. But he, compared to what we've got, he's absolute night and day compared to what we've got. Going to the goal that we scored, De Bravka I thought played absolutely brilliant. Especially the second half, pulled off some amazing. I, I was delighted by that because I've I loved Debravko when we yeah. got him, and he had a bit of he's had a bit of a wobble. Not I wouldn't go so far as say a loss of form, but the level he was playing at for some of the saves he was making, some of the points he was dragging mm. us to, he wasn't quite doing that. He was basically just playing at like the, a normal level, like yeah. perfectly fine. But when you set the bar, yeah, you know, especially what our fans are like, if you just if you go a little bit underneath that, all of a sudden you've lost it, oh, you yeah, crap. Yeah. You never want to never want to see him in the shirt again. So I was delighted he's had a bit of a, mm. a bit of a banner game. Like, was but it was a soft goal, wasn't it? it well, was do you not think goalies union sees it late? Do you not? Do you not think he sees it late? It's it's one of them where if you get a hand to it, I played in goal most of my life. If you get a hand to it, you think I should. You think you should have saved it. But I think I've I changed my mind on it two or three times. The first time I saw it, I was like, "You'd be disappointed with that." The second time I saw it, I was like, "Ah, it's bad." 
a couple of different angles. You just think you're not expecting it. The way he's set, the way he sets, kind of right, and it's not, it's not really what you'd be expecting that situation. I know it's like really. Well, yes, no. From what from I've seen, Saint is also to blame because Saint could have come back and, and Martin, mm. but he's, that's not his game. He's not going to do that. No, you can blame him, whatever. But um, he gets it in your know, eyes and have a shot. He's got no one else on. Um, I agree with what you're saying, though, in regards. He got a hand of it and he probably, once he got the hand, he's like, fuck, I probably should have kept it out. But I don't want to be too hard on him. It is what it is. It was just disappointing because he could have been sent off him, to be fair. could have been. Mm. And then he goes and scores a goal. Um, so it is what it is. But what the, the, the worrying thing was the second half. They completely stopped St. Maxim. Absolutely. Categorically stopped yeah. him. Uh, that maybe was our fault as well because we weren't giving him the ball. It could be on tired legs as well. Like, obviously, with, with St. Maxim. What was it, his second game? Second start? Yeah. I come straight back from injury, aye. It's, it's probably tired legs. Well, maybe, aye. Maybe. I, I, I didn't feel like we ever gave him the ball. Like, we just. To I, give him the option. We totally seemed to. Look, whatever we were doing in the first half, we lost it in the second. And whether that was a tactical change from Lampard, fair enough. But then I thought Almiron was on the pitch for far too long because he was dreadful. He was absolutely dreadful. He was getting worse, if, if that's even possible. He then brought on um, Carroll and moved Joe Linton to the left. I think Did he keep Almiron? No, no, he didn't. He took Almiron off, didn't he? And he moved Saint to the other side. So, so, so the three subs that came on were Carroll, Atsu and who else was it? Atsu was very, very late on. Gale. So I was on Gale back. Weird, so I... I, well, the one thing that got me about this, I had it on at work, I was watching it in the office, and it got to sort of the last sort of 10 minutes, and we were sort of lumping it up to Carroll, all these balls are going at the box. And I noticed that, like, because we've been 1 0 down against teams plenty of times the last couple of years, loads and loads of times, and I always thought, <clears throat> might get one here now. Yeah. I remember what it reminded me of was the Bournemouth game last season where we'd been really unlucky, and we shouldn't have been too, I think it was 2 1 down when we were, shouldn't have been 2 1 down, we'd been much a better side. And then I just thought, you know, if we just keep going here, we'll get something. Like, we'll get something. And then Yedlin crossed the ball at the first aeroplane he saw and it dropped for Richie and it went in. And I remember, like, celebrating but thinking, I seems about right that mm. we're always, always going to get a goal if we kept going. I was just watching it, like, really casually, like, well, this would be funny. Something funny might happen. I wasn't expecting a goal <laughs> at any point. I was like, oh, someone might fall over or, like, a, a steward might get the ball in his face. That'll be good. I wasn't at any stage expecting a goal to happen. Yeah. It's just... I will say the last two games of Chelsea and Man United and there'll be teams in other parts of that division, parts much closer to us, we'll have been watching like St. Maximin and watching Joelton and watching just how tight we are at the back and they'll be worried about playing, especially after the last two games because if you'd offered any of our fans three points off Man United and, and Chelsea, what, like, one goal conceded yeah. and three points, that's, from where we were against Leicester, that is a huge turnaround. And if, yeah. if we just play... 75% of that level against the teams around them will get something or will certainly not be difficult I agree I, I, I agree with what you're saying um, I, I just worry about goals oh god hey, look, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm confident at the moment I'm a little bit confident that I think we'll be in games mm. I think we'll be in games for a lot longer than the Leicesters that we've, we've seen this season but do you worry if we get go behind yeah I think if we go behind we haven't scored two goals yet in a game this season no so well, if we go 1-0 down we're fucked that's the thing you were saying about like, like never you never. It's not, it's not a case of you watch games that oh Rafa's always got a plan Rafa's always got a plan because you're right oh, some of the games have played were absolutely terrible, shocking terrible. and if no. he did have a plan it was completely the wrong one but like you say you're always in the game and if you like, you look at that stat about the amount of times we conceded three goals under Rafa, it was like Liverpool yeah. once, and that was it. No matter who we were playing, no matter how long we were getting beat for, never more than two games in it. We we're always one goal away from like yeah. getting the, either getting level or getting the game back on. And 
what I was watching that Leicester game where it got a three and then it got a four. It could have got a seven or eight realistically by the end of it. And I thought, I've not seen this since Pardew. I've not seen this like thrown into the towel since Pardew. So that, that's where I thought, well, we'll discuss this. I, I, I thought that Bruce had lost it all when we got beat off Leicester. Mm. And then we've seen the Magnetic game one one nil. I'm like, well, like, so, you know, the players have, there is some still there. They obviously still believe it in It hasn't levelled itself out yet, has it? No, it hasn't. And, I just, I, I just honestly feel that there needs to be a change up front to have any chance, personally. And I'm not blaming Joe for that. I just mean, at the moment, it's not working. It's not working. And, and, but then, then again, the flip side is you've got your number nine who's worth 40 million. You kind of bench him, can you? That's the other argument. But for me, I almost think you've got to go two up front somehow. I really do. I think you've almost got to go. People are shouting for Carol and Gale. Now that might sound real championship standard stuff. That's Harry. That's Harry Redknapp. Pure like, Harry Redknapp. What would you say though? Would you say got nothing to lose? Let's be honest. Is, is Carroll going to do any worse than what Joe's been nah, doing? Nah. I'm sorry, like, he's not. Like he's not, is he? Um, and you need to get someone in and around that striker. What you then do with Saints? What the hell? Because if you're going to put two in front, what do you do with Saints? Is he just totally free wall? Yeah, you'll piss, you'll piss someone as a ten, haven't you? Rather than having two wide and one in the centre. You gotta have but, one. Yeah, that's if you're keeping the same formation. I mean, if you're playing three at the back, wing backs, two in midfield. Oh, I don't. I don't think you can deviate you, from you that. Can't, you I can't deviate from that. Yeah. Then what is it? It doesn't leave you much else, does it? Yeah. That's that's me worry. Well, um, we talked about Martha Duca when you were talking about that shirt before. That, yeah, so that got, little yes, run. I've got Martha Duca. Well, I've got Eddie's shirt. There you are. Viva la get, get him up front. We found a little bit of blood on it earlier, which is quite worrying. Jesus. So that's awful. That. That's horrendous. It's absolutely ranking it. Oh, like, man, I kind of hope that's my blood, blood. But it's definitely not. It's off his dick. It's his dick blood. Snap his banjo and put it on. That's it. Or had it on at the time. Right, so thanks to Guillermo Clolin <laughs> and thanks to Jordy Gifts for sponsoring the podcast. And I thought you were saying for sending us a shirt. No, no, it's for sponsoring the podcast. This is any shirt. Any shirt. This is a drunken purchase on eBay. Another one. Another oh, one. To go with this. At least it fits anyway. What? At least it fits. Not like this. Scarf. Yeah, or the pillowcase. Or, or the pillowcase. Flag. Yeah. <laughs> right, see you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.